Welcome to Earthy, where eco-loving meets adventure living. Here you'll enjoy stories from people living lives based on what they love. If you're sick of depressing news, you're in the right place. Earthy is designed to inspire and teach you about sustainability, earth-friendly lifestyles, travel, and well-being. Your host is an adventure and lifestyle author, Shannon Annette. All right, today on Earthy, I'm super ecstatic to bring to you um, Jen and Greg Seymour. I actually first ran into these guys on in, in the virtual world, and uh, we were both living in Costa Rica, and obviously we have that in common and adventures, and their life has just been super intriguing. I got to write about their life a little bit in the past, and so I'm happy to bring them to you in a more personal way, in an audible way, which is great because sometimes we have that disconnect on uh, all the social media platforms. So, Greg and Jen, thank you so much for uh, sharing your space and time with me. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. We're glad to be here. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about, um, tell me just a little bit about your background and kind of how you launched away from the traditional nine to five, and then we'll get into your amazing expedition across the Appalachian Trail. Okay, I'll take this one. Um, Because mainly it was my job that was uh, bringing us down. I was uh, working way too many hours, um, and very stressed out. And, uh, I was looking for a change. And so, um, we started looking for alternatives to, um, the earn more, uh, buy more lifestyle, uh, that's so prevalent here in the U.S. Right. And, um, we're looking for ways out of my job, basically. And, mm-hmm. and so we looked at, you know, um, going, Downsizing and moving to a smaller town. We really like some of the towns, um, college towns, uh, or uh, a town like Bend, um, Oregon, or, or Asheville, North Carolina. We were in Dallas at the time, and it was very uh, a plastic lifestyle that we lived. And we ended up deciding to uh, try something totally different. We sold everything we had um, and basically uh, moved to Costa Rica uh, with nine suitcases worth of stuff. And that was kind of the the start of our journey, and that was in 2013. And at that time, you had uh, self declared retirement, right? In your in, in at your young age, isn't that kind of like the theme? It was just like let's retire, let's simplify, and let's live on less in Costa Rica. Yeah, and at that time, uh, uh, the word retirement really wasn't well defined. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was not not working 60 hours a week, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, was was my definition, and having time to do uh, what what pursue what we wanted to. So we went to Costa Rica uh, without the idea of ever needing an income. Well, eventually needing an income because we our savings would run out, but we didn't have to worry about it for five or six years. Mm-hmm. So we figured that we would just kind of figure our way through. Um, earning some money, and and we did. After a year, we were uh, earning enough money to, you know, we weren't spending quite as much there, um, uh, but we were earning, we weren't we weren't uh, depleting our savings any longer. That's so. amazing. Yeah, that's fantastic. Congratulations. Now, as far as um, your choice to go to Costa Rica, now you mentioned Bend, Oregon, which is near and dear to my heart. It will always be kind of like a home base for me. So I'm curious, how did you get to the choice to go abroad, and why Costa Rica? Well, we initially, after we kind of were thinking about different places in the U.S., mm-hmm. we Greg had read a book about 
um, kind of retiring to some foreign locations where you can live a lot more affordably. Mm -hmm. So we started, even though it sounded crazy, we started thinking about some uh, different countries, Costa Rica, Panama, um, Belize, Belize, Mm -hmm. Ecuador. Yeah, so we were thinking of all those at first, and we kept doing more research online, reading books, and then it came down to we decided to take some trips, and we were going to visit Costa Rica and Panama. So we started with Costa Rica, Uh and really, we just fell in love with it, and everything seemed to match exactly what we were looking for, that after we got back, we're like, we don't need to visit anywhere else. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it just seemed perfect. It was close enough to the United States. Like, if we needed to go home for family or emergencies or anything, we could hop on a plane and be there in four or five hours. And the the people were really friendly, we heard, and we totally found that to be true. Right. Um, Yeah, the hospitality is great there. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very welcoming and Spanish. We both didn't speak Spanish, but we felt, you know, we, we knew words here and there and we thought we could pick it up pretty easy and we decided to study it and we got by just fine. So that wasn't a problem. Mm-hmm. And what else? There were lots of different climates in Costa Rica, as you know. Mm-hmm. So we we could pick or choose, like if we wanted the beach or like the mountain kind yeah. of cooler area. So yeah. all that just really intrigued us and... Yeah, and after living there for almost four years, you know, one of the things that we've kind of come to learn is, you know, we used to think that, that we saved so much money by going to Costa Rica. But really, I mean, if we if we employed the same strategies we used in Costa Rica as we did in the States, um, we, we could save just as much money here. I mean, we didn't have a car. We used public transportation. We ate, you know, fruits and vegetables from the local feria. Um it's it's it was Costa Rica was needed um, for us to get outside the mentality uh, that we had in um, as Dallasites, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with and that because I, I I I have the same trouble applying like my simplistic living that I naturally slide into when I'm living in like Latin America. And I come home and I'm like, okay, I want to live the same way, but then all the energy buzzing around you and all of the consumerism in your face, like, you know, all the places I could eat right now, you know, it's really hard to have that same um, lifestyle, even though you're like, oh, I could still do this in America, but I have, I have a hard time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Where I lived in Costa Rica, there was an, you know, a fresh uh, open air like produce stand about 400 feet from my place. And so is the beach the other direction, about 400 feet. And so if I wanted to eat out, it was it was an ordeal. So it made it very simple for me to just walk to the stand and see what they have fresh today. That's what I'm eating, you know. So that yeah. definitely helped, yeah. So, okay, yeah. that's great. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, really, you know, Costa Rica was – it was just like a whole new adventure, too. So it was a, an easy transition to change our lifestyle and make it more simple, which we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But it just made it easier and fun at the same time because everything was an adventure. I mean, we were in a foreign country. We, you know, we we got to go to the feria or the farmer's market mm-hmm. every weekend. And, yeah, it was just exciting and fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. And as a couple, though, that you were both on board, was one of you pushing this idea, this lifestyle change, or were you guys, like, equally, let's get the hell out of Dodge type of situation? 
Well, I wouldn't say Greg was pushing it, but he came up with the idea. Mm-hmm. And initially I was like, what? No way. I'm not <laughs> moving to a foreign country. <laughs> yeah. Jen is much more pragmatic than I am. Yeah. I'm uh-huh. more organized and I have to have, you know, everything put down on paper, which I did. I did a lot of research and we, we did a lot of spreadsheets and put the numbers together. And after really thinking about it, and Greg was very patient with me, he never pushed me at all. You know, he was totally okay if I didn't want to do it. But after we really thought it through and did a lot of research, we're like, you know, I was like, yeah, I could do this. Let's do it. So how long did that take to get from Greg's idea to you running the numbers, getting your mind around it, and getting on board? A year and a half. A year and a half. That is a lot of patience. <laughs> but that's good. That's well, actually really cool. You guys balanced each other out. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, we had a lot to wind down. We, I, I, I managed a company, and I had to kind of transition out of that. Um, we had to sell a big house and two cars and a bunch mm-hmm. of other stuff. So um, so it took a while. Yeah. yeah, but for us, that worked the best for me. Like, I didn't want to just quit our job, sell everything, and mm-hmm. move in a month. To a foreign country that would have yeah. you're not impulsive so, yeah no yeah that would totally stress me out so mm-hmm. this way it really allowed us to do it at our own pace do everything very calmly think mm-hmm. everything through and feel good about it I mean we never looked back after we made the decision and started following through with everything that's awesome okay so you had a four-year adventure in Costa Rica and then how did you guys decide that you're ready for something new? And how in the world did you decide through hiking the Appalachian Trail was going to be that thing? Um, well, I think I think um, our time in Costa Rica naturally presented itself that it was done. I mean, we were um, we're getting fed up with some some things and, and and little things that shouldn't have bothered us were bothering us, and I think we were itching for something different. Um, you know, we we stayed all four years in a small town called Gracia, mm-hmm. a wonderful coffee farming town. And, um, but you know, that's, that's what we knew. And, and we, we knew it extremely well. We knew Costa Rica extremely well by the end of those four years. So, um, it was ready for something. We we're ready for something new. And we had kicked around, I said facetiously before we moved to Costa Rica, that one of the things we could do is hike the Appalachian Trail. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and Jen wasn't having any of that. And um, so, but what what happened? You know, we lived in a, a mountainous area, and we were hiking every morning. You know, eight or ten miles each morning. Wow! And uh, we really enjoyed it. Um, this is without backpacks, but it's yeah. still pretty strict. And um, I don't know which one floated it, but someone yeah. said, you know, one way we can move back to the states is to, you know spend six months on the Appalachian Trail and talk about what, what's next for our future. And, uh, and somewhere along the, the lines, we agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was just like this, I don't know, it was a good transition for us. Um, we felt it was like the next adventure. We, were, we loved Costa Rica, but we were just ready for something new. So this gave us something to look forward to, to... We had to train ourselves. We had to do lots of research on what gear we needed and stuff like that. And we were both into it 100%. Like, you know, we dream about it. And we were both really excited about it. So it was definitely the right thing to do. And now, having done it, I mean, it was just 
amazing. I'm so glad we did it. Yeah. So why did you choose the Appalachian Trail over like the Pacific Crest Trail? You know, we get asked this question pretty frequently, uh, usually by West Coast people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Guilty as charged. But I'm just curious when you're going to, you're going to through hike, you know, those are the main ones. So you have to choose one. I, you know, so you know, really there wasn't, there wasn't a consideration of any other trail. Um, you know, you know, 10, 10 or 15 years ago, whenever Bryson's book first came out, um, A Walk in the Woods, we read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we read it again over the years because, you know, it's, it's, you know, even though the guy didn't even come close to maybe doing a third of the, the trail, it's a funny, uh, very informative book about the trail. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think it's kind of like Costa Rica versus going to like Colombia. You know, it's, it's rough enough. But it's also um, the the way it's been paved enough to where we felt comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Um, the PCT is still pretty wild. The, the Continental Divide Trail is mm-hmm. really wild. Right, uh, right. So, so you know, it, it just had the, the, the right element uh, of adventure. Yeah, because we found out that we could, at any time, we could get to a town if we had to, if we had an emergency with, within, like, you know, how many miles? Six, six yeah, or ten yeah, miles. miles. So okay. that just gave us, for me at least, a, a comfort level mm-hmm. that you know. Like no, that would matter to me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I know the PCT. Um, well, really, we didn't even consider the PCT. We just knew that there were lots of water sources on the AT that we could. I don't know. We just felt it would be easy for our first through hike. I mean, we've never through hiked anything. We've never camped out for more than one night at a time. So mm-hmm. we're pretty much newbies to this. Very, very, yeah. very much. And we also, like, I just always, I was, I grew up hearing about the Appalachian Trail and just, to me, it was just the trail. Like, I never thought I'd be able to through hike the Appalachian Trail. So, so what about, what about your personality? makes you decide to through hike instead of like picking your favorite sections or, you know, doing it piece by piece, but not through what, what about your situation or your personality or your goals decide, maybe you lean towards through hiking. Because we're crazy. <laughs> we're, we're tenacious. Yeah. And we like a good challenge. I think both of us, right? Yeah. I think, I think, you know, one of the things that, that, we succeed at with as a couple is is picking something that that someone else might think is crazy and you know really coming up with a plan to succeed in that whether it's Costa Rica or whether it's hiking the trail um or running a marathon or, or running you know <laughs> when we were younger it, it was a marathon you yeah know? we wanted to wow. prove that we could do a marathon and yeah. we did you know um and and sure, certainly there's people out there doing a whole more than what we're doing, but um, I don't think the it would not have been a transitional move to you know do a two week section hike on the Appalachian Trail from Costa Rica yeah. and then say oh we're back here in the states what are we going to do now I see um, I think we we wanted six months to you know out in the wilderness to talk for six or seven or ten hours a day about okay what what is our next step and what does that look like and um, what do we want to do uh, when we grow up? <laughs> that's that's the question. 
That's amazing. I, I, I'm i so happy for you that you guys both found, um, you know, crazy partners in life because I, I it's really hard to find that where you have two people who are both completely on board with, like, crazy adventures, and that's that's really cool to see. Right. Well, actually, Shannon, I really feel like me and Greg are very average people, but I don't know. Somehow we come up with these things that we really enjoy doing, and other people have told us, that's crazy, you know. How, why are you guys mm-hmm. going to do that? And we're like, we're, we're just doing it because it's fun, and we think it's an adventure. Yeah. But, I mean, we're just two average people, and... Yeah. Well, you may call yourself average, but what you're doing is is definitely extraordinary, which is fantastic, which is why I'm talking to you and sharing your story. <laughs> so um, I'd love to learn more about the preparation. So you guys have never through hiked. You're not big campers. One night at a time, you expressed. Um, so now you're going to ha- uh, hike the Appalachian Trail. You're reading these books. Tell me about what preparation went into this hike. Well, we... Started with um, lots of online research. Um, there's several Facebook groups we became parts of, and we just started asking questions and watching other people's YouTube videos who have through hikes before. Mm-hmm. Um, so really learning about the trail and parts of the trail, becoming familiar with it, and all the while enforcing us that yes, we really want to do this. Um, what else did we do? We read books. You know, we took a we took a three night overnight uh, trip in uh, Wisconsin, and that was you know three consecutive nights out. That was the longest we've ever stayed outside mm-hmm. uh, before before the trail. So yeah, that was basically to test out our gear. Like we had all our gear at that point, and it was really good to do because we could see, we try to work everything, see if it worked, see if we liked it, see if we liked our tents, our sleeping bags, our rain gear. So how how was that? So you're you're thinking, okay, I'm gonna do this, you know, insane AT, and I'm gonna try my gear out. Now that's the first time you're really wearing a fully loaded backpack, right? Well, we had trained with it a couple times. Okay. Yeah. I was just wondering if you were if you were like, what are we doing after you loaded it all up? (laughs) Yeah, you you know what we did? We, We got there, we set up our tents and everything, and then. We um, stayed overnight, and then the next day we packed it all up, put it back in our backpacks, so we had fully weighted packs, and we did a loop around Devil's Lake, which turned out to be about six six miles. Um, But there was some; it was hilly and mountainous. There was a little bit of boulder climbing. Is it is this Devil's Lake in Oregon? In Wisconsin. Oh, okay. I was going to say that. I didn't think that was that big. Okay, gotcha. Go ahead. Sorry. And uh, we got back after our six miles, and we were totally worn out. We laid down in our tents, and we both took, like, a two-hour nap. <laughs> uh-huh. So, yeah, we were like, oh, my God, how are we going to hike 20 oh. miles a day? Yeah. Yeah. So how did you get from, oh, my God, we have a bit of a learning curve here, to, you know, hiking your, I don't know, 10, 18 miles, whatever it is per day? Um, well, you know, the, the good thing about the trail, and I, you know, the Trek um, website, trek.co, I think is what it's called, um, they they um, are really big into the Appalachian Trail, and, and they do surveys, and and it's like 75% of the people who, through, who finish a through hike in a season um, have not spent more than three consecutive days outside. 
So we were definitely <laughs> in that house. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy Good. how new people come to, to uh, you know, bite off more than they can chew and just see if they can get through it, you know. And so we, we weren't alone uh, in the beginning. We were with a bunch of other people who who didn't know what they were doing. And, and you develop a cohesive group pretty quick, um, you know, and um, and we learned a lot the first two weeks uh, yeah. out on the trail. And also, um, people continuously told us that you will learn, you will train your bodies once you get on the trail. So don't worry too much about it beforehand. So we're like, okay, okay. all right. We really there's there's no way to train for the Appalachian Trail. You can you can prepare for it um, with getting the right gear and going through all the information about you know what to expect and and how to mentally prepare. But you can't train your body for walking up and over mountains for ten hours a day every day for six months. We yeah. can't do it. There's no yeah. way to do it. And one thing we did, Shannon, is we set up a schedule because I'm the schedule person mm-hmm. and organized and everything. So we set up a schedule for when we started out to start slow and build up our miles gradually. Good. And I think that really helped us because we just started out with like eight miles a day when we started the Appalachian Trail, which eight miles we could do easily by the time we started at home on level ground. But on the AT... It was a whole different story. I mean, we were totally worn out after eight miles. Mm-hmm. But we did that gradually. We bumped up our mileage every week, um, one or two miles a week. And it took us to um, Virginia. Which, how many miles in was that? 500 miles in. Yeah, about 500 miles in before we were up to 16 or 18 miles a day. Wow. But I think, I think doing it that way... Um, really was one of the, the largest factors of our success. Yeah. So many people, um, especially younger, younger, I won't say kids, but y- younger people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went out and were immediately doing 18 and 20 mile days. And before they're even out of Georgia, which is 70 miles in, you know, they're hurt. With they're burnt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And their feet are destroyed. And, and we were healthy. Um, because we, we, you know, gradually built up our mileage and, and did it smartly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really a, a, a huge takeaway. That sounds like a veteran, a veteran uh, golden nugget of information. <laughs> I like that. I like, yeah. like that strategy. So as far as the preparation, besides the research, the YouTube videos, the Facebook groups, what did you have to do for your food? Do you have to, do you have to like mail it um, into certain areas? Do, did you just shop in each town you got to and packed up enough to the next town? What did you do? Yeah, we just went um, by the town. So we would pack out like five or six days till we knew the next town was coming up. Mm-hmm. And then we'd go to town and look at our guidebook and see how many more days we needed on the trail of food before we got to the next town. So we yeah. just did it like that. In the, in the past, uh, food drops were kind of a mainstay. Um, but now that the trail has become so popular, uh, there's, there's literally a town every two or three days. Okay. Um, so, and, and postage is so expensive. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually yourself, you know, for two people, 20 mm-hmm. pounds worth of food, that's that's an expensive postage bill. Plus, if you prepackage all your stuff, you don't know how your your tastes are going to change. Yeah. I mean, you 
eat more rice sides so many times before you want to puke. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can. That makes sense. Now, but these towns, um, because they're right off the AT, are they are are they backpacker food friendly? Is that what's happening? Yeah, most of all the towns um, have resupply. Is what we call it resupply shops. Mm-hmm. Time, you know, some are better than others. The dollar stores were really the best resupplies and the cheapest. Mm-hmm. And Walmart were really good, but sometimes we just have to do it at gas stations, which that wouldn't, no. that would be harder and yeah. more expensive. Yeah. yeah, and and what type of foods were your staples? What what were the best traveling foods for the AT for you? Pop tarts, mm-hmm. peanut butter, Triscuits. Mm-hmm. tortillas. Cheese, hard cheese, beef jerky, mm-hmm. candy, lots of candy. <laughs> you basically become a bottomless pit, and mm-hmm. there's absolutely no way to intake as many calories as you're ever going to consume. So uh, it really, I mean, I'm sure there's nutritionists out there who are, who are, who are um, wanting to stab me right now, but... Uh, <laughs> You can basically put whatever you want into your body and and be okay with it. Yeah, so we tried to, to get the most <coughs> the most calories we could, but still food that we wanted to eat. So like Snicker bars were big. Um, yeah, we started out with our stove, so we would cook uh, hot meals at night, like nor rice sides and mm-hmm. Idaho and potatoes. Oh yeah, the mashed instant mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. But we sent the stove home uh, about halfway through because, yeah, we were we were just fine eating cold food at night. It took less time, and then we didn't have to carry around the stove and the, the uh, gas fuel canister. Wow! Um, what about that? and no coffee, no hot tea, none of that? No. <laughs> that that was you know, that was hard. That was really tough because uh, we decided that you know we wanted to carry as at least amount of fuel as possible so we i think we made coffee a couple times we had like mm. the starbucks vias but um, right. for the most part we skip coffee and coffee is is uh, an important part of every day <laughs> <laughs> it's it's my favorite part for sure <laughs> i love coffee yeah we also like getting up early packing mm-hmm. up as fast as we could and getting on the trail so coffee would very much detain us. Right. No, that's true. <laughs> so, yeah, we just, even though we had it and we could make it, we only did it a couple times. So you really didn't do much dehydrated food, um, and so your packs were probably, your food your food weight was probably heavier than, than some, right? Yeah, our food was probably the heaviest thing we had in our packs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. Some of our friends did dehydrated foods and they spent a lot of time making them and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. before they started the trail. Oh, we had one they friend who did gourmet. Yeah. yeah. She did, she did gourmet dishes and, um. She shared one with us. So it was really good. good. Yeah. <laughs> is that, is that a brand or are you just saying her style was fancy? Just her style. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. She tried all the food and put together all these recipes and. Yeah. Egg where she just had to add uh, boiling water and yeah, but that's a lot of work, you know. 
Well, yeah, no, ahead of time. Most of the work is ahead of time. Then boiling the water is not not that hard. But, um, but yeah, no, I've I've looked into um, dehydrating like pastas and you know like things like that, like spaghetti sauce and obviously making pastas. But I I've never looked into through hiking, so this would just be for like you know trips here and there, not for six months. So I understand the difference there. But um, have you ever heard of Nomad Nutrition? No, no. You never saw, it's a newer company. It's Canadian based, but um, they are making dehydrated foods that are like 100% organic and vegan. And the difference with their products, though, is that um, they use a different technology. I guess it's called Rev something or other. And the cell membranes of the food don't get uh, broken. So I guess typical traditional methods, the reason why the food kind of looks mushy when you reconstitute it. It's because the cell membranes were broken in the dehydrating process. So anyway, their process doesn't do that. So when they rehydrate, it still looks like food. So um, I'm really excited about that. That I'm, I haven't tried all their stuff yet, so I, I'm waiting for it to arrive as we speak. So I was curious if you saw any of it out on the trail since they're a fairly new company. No, we didn't. We saw quite a few different ones. But, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, the big, the big ones were what, Mountain House and um, – uh, what was back, it? Back, back country, pantry. back pantry. Okay. And then what were those big well, bars? Those granola. Yeah, this guy had these big. They green. looked like a big granola bar, but they were just packed with nutrients. Green Valley is what he's called. Yeah, and oh. calories. Cool. They were really good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm into all that, all that nutritional stuff. You know, feeding your body the the. The octane, the high energy octane stuff. I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I just like good quality food. <laughs> but uh, I can imagine how challenging it would be just trying to find enough calories to keep up with what you guys are doing. So uh, good on yeah. you for doing that. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's most of your logistics. Now, what about um, while you're actually on the trail? What kind of stuff did you encounter where you had to rethink either your plan or just, you know, like, Having forcing you to pivot one way or another. Well, three three times we had snow. Um, yeah. Once in Franklin, once in Rome Mountain. We have a third place, maybe two times. Yeah, just Franklin. Yeah, Franklin, Franklin Rome Mountain. So those two, um, you know, we had to. Um, well, some of our friends did not get off trail and 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 had some miserable times. We we chose to get off trail. I'm glad we did. I'm glad we did. Because um, mm-hmm. there was ice and sleet and snow, um, and and that was in our budget. So it was it was a pivot, but it was uh, one that we were prepared to encounter. Encounter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just sort of waited it out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, luckily we had friends in Franklin who took us in for a couple of days, so that mm-hmm. was really helpful. And then in Roan Mountain, we did some slack packing of different areas of the trail, mm-hmm. and we we because Roan Mountain is really high up, so we kind of waited until the storm passed, and then went back and did that area later. So that worked out really well. We didn't really lose any time there. So slack packing is when you leave your big uh, overnight bag and then you take a day pack and go do adventures, right? Right. Right. You, you're you're able to to get the same amount of miles in with just the stuff you need to carry. Uh, since you're still staying at a hostel, you don't need to carry your tent or you know a bunch of your food and, and other stuff. So um, it's huge because our packs weighed about thirty pounds each. Yeah. So you drop that down to ten pounds. Um, yeah. Yeah, not even 10. And, and, and we you, just fly. I mean, yeah. We just felt so light. So oh, we realized that 
see when, when either one of us was ill or feeling sick mm-hmm. or if there was really bad weather because we didn't want to not get the miles in. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also didn't want to spend the night in the, in the elements. Right. Right. What can you tell me about foot care? Since you mentioned a lot of the young people who were, who are off, you know, are out of the gates going 18 miles a day. You said they're, you know, they're getting injured and their feet and whatnot, whatnot. How did you keep your feet, um, you know, protected? Well, this is going to sound incredible, but neither Jen nor I got one blister. Uh, oh, wow. That's amazing. What did you do? <laughs> what did you do? Yeah, most everybody gets blisters. But um, what we did was, well, I had a liner sock, which is a very thin sock that is like a glove that goes around your toes. Mm-hmm. And then I had a merino wool sock that went over that. So I had mm-hmm. two pairs of socks. And that what that did is kind of um, it prevents a blister because when a blister forms, your skin is rubbing against the sock, but if you have two pairs of socks, the socks rub together instead of your skin. Okay, I love it. So for me, I think that really helped. And plus my shoes, I got a bigger size because your feet can definitely swell well, when you're mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. many miles a day. Um, so I think that helped. And then I also think it helped how we started out really slow and gradually built our miles up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'd also take care of our feet. Like when we took a day off and we'd sit in the hotel, we'd, we'd put gasoline on them and just, you know, really let them breathe. We'd also let them breathe every night when we got to camp. We'd put on our um, camp shoes, they're called, which are, we just had sandals and flip-flops. And... What else do we do? Well, I, I think another key component for us was uh, we used uh, trail runners instead of boots. Or yes, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wore um, what did I wear? The La Sportiva. Oh, La Sportiva Wildcats, and then Jen had um, Solomon's. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, so the, the trail runners do a couple things. Number one, they're lighter on your feet automatically. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the tread is not as aggressive as a boot, um, so you're not going to get as good attraction. However, if it rains, which the Appalachian Trail is a very wet trail, um, they dry out a lot faster than, than boots. Um, and um, they, they more comfortable. they're more comfortable out, out of the box. You don't have mm-hmm. to break them in. Mm-hmm. You know, pe- people who, who chose to wore, wear boots, uh, tended to have a lot more issues, mm-hmm. um, even if they had broken them in. Um, we we picked ours by uh, walking about 500 miles in Costa Rica in them, and, and we knew that they would be fine. Mm-hmm. So we bought new pairs when we started, and we each went through three pair um, over the the trek. Yeah. Wow. So I um I love like minimalistic shoes as well. I I wear a Merrell's uh, trail glove shoe. I love it. I mean, I'm in absolute love with that shoe. And it has the Vibram sole. Do any of yours have that Vibram sole? Because I, I really don't think I have any loss in, in traction from a boot to what I wear. No, we didn't have the Vibram sole. No. Have you ever walked, have you ever played with that at all? Because I know, I know this sounds like a commercial, but I totally, I totally dig them. Because <laughs> they go to different brands. You know, the Vibram itself makes partnerships with different shoe companies. 
Seven. Yeah, I, I had the Merrill Moabs, and I uh-huh. believe they survivors. They do, they do. I had that shoe in the past, yeah. And um, they were more grippy than, than yeah. my Walt Stevens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, it's a great soul. I, I kind of can't go back to a different one now. You know what I mean? I'm sort of hooked. But, um, but yeah, so yeah, I like the Moab shoe. Those are great for Costa Rica because you can go through streams and stuff, and they and they drain real well. Um, but yeah, so anyway, that's the end of my shoe commercial. I'm just curious since, you know, that's a big factor in the Appalachian Trail. Um, okay, so your feet, I, I want to understand the Vaseline. You said that in, in hotel times you were kind of putting Vaseline on your feet. Is that just to, to lotion it so it doesn't crack? I haven't heard of this. Yeah, I mean, it was just your basic Vaseline, but it would just um, help to soften the feet. I don't know. I don't really know if it did any good. but it Well, I mean, you didn't and... get one blister. I think anything you did is gold, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I would just put it on and sit in the hotel room and, you know, leave it on our feet as long as we could. And, yeah. Cool. So um, how many days do you say you overnighted in, like, a hostel or hotel um, over the course of your whole six-month journey? Oh, gosh. A hostel or hotel. We we really did about once a week. Yeah. Sometimes twice a week. Mm Mm-hmm. Great. I don't know. I I counted. It was probably 25 or 30. We were on the trail for six months, so whatever that broke down to. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Okay. I've considered doing the, um, Ir- is it called the Irish Way? Irish Way? It's like the walk across Ireland. Um, oh, cool. Um, yeah, I'm looking at that. I'm looking for one where every single night I can stay with a roof <laughs> because I'm not as badass as you are, I think. But um, And because I would be doing it alone, and so I kind of like that, you know. How far is that one? Uh, you know, I looked it up a little while ago, so I can't tell you off the top of my head. But it's definitely, I don't think it's as far as the Appalachian Trail. I think it's shorter. But mm-hmm. one of the features, it says that there's a town a day's walk away, like each, the whole way. So, That's a, you know, yeah. well, we're doing the Camino in Spain in yeah. the fall. And we'll be staying in a hostel every night there, so you might look into oh, that. Oh, okay. Well, I'll just follow you, and I'll learn from everything you do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. Okay, so that's your next journey. Okay, so before we get um, to what's upcoming for you, I'd love to learn just, um, you know, looking back at your experience, what lessons did you think that you learned? Like, if you were to do it over, what would you do differently, and what can you advise people who are listening on considering the AT for them to consider what would we do differently about the AT? Yeah, I was just like to learn. Yeah, mm-hmm. what would we do differently about the AT? I think we did everything pretty perfect. Yeah. <laughs> We're pretty detailed in our planning. Yeah, it sounds uh, like it. You know, and I think that leads us to success in many things. Um, so, um, I think people should just follow what we did, and they'll be fine. <laughs> All right. Well, then let's let's rephrase it then. Um, what are the the nuggets of truth, like the the, the core um, the core preparations and the core practices that you employed that made your AT experience successful that you would like to share? Go slow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, yeah. And I would say the first the first third of the trail has to be slow. Okay. Um, you'll 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 gain your trail legs. Um, I think being fully funded, um, yes. fund, fund the trail you want to hike, not uh, the other way around, not hike towards the funds you have. Okay. In other words, you know, we said, okay, we want to be in town once a week. 
that's going to necessitate a um, hotel stay. Um, we want to have, you know, a hundred bucks to go out to dinner and have drinks and enjoy, you know, um, town food. Um, and so, so we built our um, budget around the type of hike we wanted to. We saw so many people who were doing the opposite. They say, oh, I have $2,000. I need to make this work. Well, as soon as their tent gets busted by a tree, they're done. Mm-hmm. They have to spend 800 bucks to get it replaced, and, and, and they're, they're already – they 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 lose out. Um, so so if you t- if you understand the reasons why people get off the trail, and you um, acknowledge them, um, then then you are less likely to to fail. Um, so budget is one of them. Um, not having enough money. Um, another one is getting injured. So you can avoid a lot of injuries just by by um, starting off slow. Um, training before you go as much as you can yeah mm-hmm. uh knowing your equipment and not being miserable because a piece of equipment fails and you didn't know it was going to fail um which coincides with doing your research ahead of time yep. on all your gear mm-hmm. everything about the ac you know there are some reasons people get off that, that, that aren't avoidable you know they get lonely or um, they just they just don't like it. I mean, it is hard. Yeah. It is hard every single day. And um, you know, we met one guy who we became friends with, and um, maybe a month in, he's like, you know, I'd rather be fly fishing in Montana. I'm I'm out of here, and he mm-hmm. took off. Mm-hmm. But if you know ahead of time that people quit because of loneliness, you can you know you can prepare yourself for that and really think about it before you even start. Yeah, and maybe try to have a strategy like every, you know, like you guys stay in a hotel every week. Well, maybe they stay in a hotel every week, but not only for the reasons that you did, but they could Skype with the people, you know, catch up with family and sort of feel a little bit more connected, you know, every so often, you know, uh, and make that part of the strategy to to avoid. I know it's not the same thing, but (laughs) or, you know, hopefully they could have people on on the path that they can maybe meet up with at certain times or something like that. Right. Yeah. And, and along those lines, you know, one of the things that really helped us was we had a YouTube channel and, and we got a gained a following pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and the um, comments on our videos and the messages of support and people would send us, uh, you know, uh, trail surprises and things like that. We had people who we didn't know invite us into them, their homes um, just because we were documenting this. Mm-hmm. Um all that just uh it was it was amazing and overwhelming and it was like okay uh a little bit more pressure on us to succeed because yeah. all these people are rooting for you so the mm-hmm. more people you can gather in to um cheer you on the better i think yeah i mean just reading everybody's comments like keep going you guys are doing great it sounds funny, <laughs> but all those comments really helped like on a really down day we'd sit there and read them and we'd be like oh, we can do this. We can do this. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So I love the outdoor and adventure community and the eco-friendly community on in every capacity, in person and online, because there's so many communities that can be challenging, you know, in the virtual environment where you're just like, man, trying to weed through and not let not let the negativity for for the small amount affect you. But in the outdoor adventure, you know, um, I guess like. Uh, category. Everyone's so positive. Like I, I've come in 
it's like it reminds you of the good that's still left in the world. You know what I mean? Um, so it's, it is definitely inspiring to continue whatever adventure you're on. Um, and I really do appreciate how positive people are in our, in our little community. Yeah. yeah, we said after the trail, if, if you ever want to have your faith restored in humanity through Hike the Appalachian Trail, yeah. there are so many people That's just cool. giving so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, one of the I, um I don't know if you know what trail magic is. Yeah, yeah. But these people would just who either lived by the trail or would travel to the trail, they would just come out there for the sole purpose of, giving the through hikers something. It was usually food mm-hmm. that we all saved. Um, <laughs> but they would they would just do this out of the goodness of their hearts. And we we encountered it all the time. We'd hike into this gap where there was a parking lot and there would be a truck and this guy would be grilling, have a cooler of sodas and I can't tell you how it just turned your whole day around. If you were having a bad day, mm-hmm. it was it was the highlight of our day. It just it was amazing. Or, or you know, get a ride into town when you thought that yeah. getting a hitch was going to be hard. Or <laughs> wow. so my, my, my yeah, Greg didn't like hitchhiking, but <laughs> it's through hiking community. You just mm-hmm. hitchhike to get to town sometimes. Mm-hmm. All the, the trail towns expected, and that they're usually likely to give you a ride. Mm-hmm. We never had any problem getting a ride when we hitchhiked, and everybody was so friendly. One time, a cop picked us up. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Wow. Okay. Well, um, now that you've, you know, had this experience, you've written a few books uh, about your different adventures. Can you share about those? Yeah. uh, Well, the books we have out there currently are on Costa Rica. I've written uh, Costa Rica Chica, Mm -hmm. Life Outside the Cubicle, Mm -hmm. uh, Costa Rica Chica Cookbook, and a guide to Gracia, which is a small town we lived in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, yeah, I wrote two books on Costa Rica: um, uh, Living in and Visiting Costa Rica, which is just kind of a tip book mm-hmm. uh, about uh, uh, not not uh, coming across as uh, being an ugly American when you first visit Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. And then Costa Rica Curious, which is basically our story of. Um, our exit from uh, corporate America into uh, living in Costa Rica. That's awesome. Yeah, and then currently we're writing a book together on tips for thru-hiking the Appalachian Trail, which is almost ready to be published. That's exciting. What's that one going to be called? Uh, thru-hiking the Appalachian Trail. That's a good. A 100, 100 tips, tricks, traps, and facts. Oh, cool. <laughs> I like it. Okay, and when when should we expect that? Mid June. Uh, yeah, mid June. All right. Well, when it's li- when it's live, then we'll just uh, attach the link to that in the show notes. We'll just update it because this will go live this week. But um, but yeah, yeah. Once it goes, just let me know, and I'll update that for the show notes. And so your next adventure is in Spain. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so tell me how you came up with this, and and when you're going, and how long it's going to last, and what you're looking forward to. Well. Um... <laughs> Part part of you know part of hiking the Appalachian Trail is okay. What's next? And um, so you know we're having so much fun on the Appalachian Trail that we're like, okay, well let's let's find another hiking trail. Jim doesn't want anything to do with the, the PCT. Okay. So so we wanted something a little more um, le- less time consuming and a little more pampered. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and then you add in uh, just the history. You know, on Appalachian Trail, you know, some of the communities you walk through are two, three hundred years old. In Spain, you're walking through things that are a thousand, two thousand years old, and just the history. And and, and 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 so we really wanted to do it. We just didn't know when we were going going to do it, and we decided that we would do it this year um, in the fall. And so we started planning on it. And yeah. That's what so we're, we're going to be starting it September 7th. September 7th, yeah. It'll take, well, we'll spend about 45 days in Europe, um, a couple of days in, in Paris, and then about 40 days to um, to walk the trail. Mm-hmm. That sounds amazing. I cannot wait to follow this. So is this going to be mostly on your YouTube channel, or are you going to be, um, like, where would be the best place to follow you along this journey? Um, you know, probably uh, our Instagram Mm-hmm. Uh, channel which is Appalachian Trail Tales, or YouTube which is Appalachian Trail Tales, um, or Facebook Appalachian Trail Tales. Yeah. Um, even though it's you know Appalachian Trail based, uh, we're we're, we're incorporating, kind of incorporating yeah. all our travels in, into that. Um, we're not sure how we're going. We we know we're going to video each day while we're there. We're not sure if we're going to post uh, post hike edit. Mm-hmm. Or if we're going to try to upload from Europe, um, which might be problematic. Um, on on the Appalachian Trail, we were every time we were in in a town, we were posting three or four or five videos, mm-hmm. so it was pretty much real time. I don't know if that's going to be if we're going to be able to do that in in uh, Spain. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you want to follow real time, it would probably be Facebook or Instagram. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, great. Well, what other uh, is there anything else that we haven't covered that you think we that you know people looking to do a through hike should know about, or anything else you want to share before we kind of wrap this up? No, um, you know everybody has. It's just like any other subject. Everybody has an opinion, um, and 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 you know there's a saying on the trail: hike your own hike. It's true, you know. It, it, there's there's 110 ways to to do a successful through hike, and if you if you if you don't get all the way through, it doesn't mean you're a failure. It just means to, you know, it, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was your hike. That's, yeah. 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 Everybody has their own own way of doing things, and and don't get hung up on what other people think. Yeah. That's great advice, and I really, I really appreciate you sharing your wisdom because it sounds like you guys are not only very smart individuals, but I feel like you, you have a, a great ability to think something out in a very pragmatic and detailed way. Because, you know, just listening to you and learning about how you know you wanted to to prep for the hike that you want it to be, like I never really thought about it that way. I thought about it kind of how everyone else seems to think about it, where you're like, okay, what does it cost to do the trail? I love. I love how you guys looked at it. Like, what's the what's the trail we want to hike? And I think that's I think that's profound. And I appreciate you sharing that that view with us. And I hope other people can learn from that and and build the hike that they want because that's really key and inspiring. So thanks for sharing that. You bet. Yeah. yeah. And thanks again for um, sharing your hour of time with us. And um, I hope to connect with you again um, after your Spanish uh, Spanish walkthrough <laughs> or your hike. What's it called? The Camino what? The Camino de Santiago. Camino de Santiago. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to reconnect with you guys. Yeah, it actually means the way of Saint James because that's the church we end up at, which is a really big church. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, well, thank you guys very much for your time and for sharing your wisdom, and uh, we'll definitely keep in touch. Okay, thanks, Thanks for hanging with us. I hope you had a blast. If you know someone who would make a great guest on Earthy, or you'd like us to cover a specific topic, reach out.